ಸ್ತಿರೈರಂಗೈಸ್ತುಭಾಗುಂಸ್ತನುಸ್ತಿನೋಸ್ತಿನೋಂದ್ರೋಸ್ತಿನೋಸ್ತಿನೋಸ್
The problem is that I cannot do even 108 japa even today. <laughs> Meaning what he meant next he cleared, he said that I have to do 108 japa. Means during these 108 times I repetition of the name, my mind will not should not run anywhere. It should be engaged in the mantra and its meaning. But I do start and after a few I saw suddenly saw watched my mind, it has gone somewhere else. So what I do? I start again from the beginning because it is incomplete. Eh? Then again I start, again I start. So it takes long time even to complete hundred and eight japa. So this is the state of affair. We cannot, it is not and something external that we can just by a whip can change it in a day. We talk about uh, the, this mastery of the mind and it is a big topic everywhere uh, when we talk about this. It's a fascinating subject also. The mastery of the mind or control over the mind is a key point in the journey to gain the spiritual illumination. Freedom, and that is the song of the soul. But we do not like to be controlled by anyone outside. But we fight with outside, we argue, we destroy our relationship when we feel controlled. But here, internally, we are controlled by the mind what do I do with that? Do I part with myself and go somewhere else? We are very kind there. But we are very unkind to the outside. When little difference comes, we can fight there. Oh, this is control. This is losing my freedom. I don't care for this. I won't tolerate this. That's true. Good. Because freedom is the song of the soul. So we should be free and not to be bound by any dictate. But this mind is dictating all the time and what about that? So, but when it comes to the context of mind, we become slave of our minds. We feel humiliated if someone bosses over us, but we are helpless when our mind bosses over us, controls us. And due to long indulgence given to the mind, it has become like a boss, whereas mind is not the boss. And mind is a terminology we used. It is not the mind only. Mind has its four faculties in which mind functions. And those four faculties we call in different names. One is mind, which vacillates, which becomes rippled, wavy all the time. One thought to the other thought, it jumps into that. And then there is the other aspect, the same mind functioning in another aspect we call the understanding or intellect, intellect, the function of the intellect. And then another function is the emotion, another is called the memory. So these four are a package and that is the mind. And, the, and in each aspect we are we lose our own freedom there. Our emotions take over us and we lose our reasoning. Our understanding is wrong. We are driven in another direction. Our suffering in life and pain and everything comes one after another because of that. My ego is another factor, which is mind in another form. The same mind in another form we call ego. So these are the factors where we always find that not we are really troubled. We are troubled by all these factors of my own mind. Whereas all these faculties of my mind, it, it would have been helpful to me. It would have given us the highest realization. That's why mind it's not only the, it's as the scripture says, manayiva manushyanang karanang bandhamakshayo. Mind is the cause of suffering and mind is the cause of freedom. 
mind is the cause of bondage mind is the cause of freedom and that mind is not alone mind but the question is that other factors or faculties the mind acts in different roles in different ways and all these faculties it drains away our energy and makes us feel like we are helpless tool in the hand of the emotion in the hand of my understanding wrong right right is good but wrong understanding mostly but because mind is not pure mind is not clear mind is not open to the truth so we feel that way helpless the ten senses the mind intellect ego emotion and memory all are driving us we are all at their mercy as it were but the yoga scripture says that chitta vritti nirodha we have read that the vritti the ripples of the mind which is wavy all the time drifting from one thought to the other one wrong idea to another wrong idea when it moves like that how to master that nirodha means control or how you can pacify that kathopanishad have declared that abhars you know that when he describes the <coughs> life comparing with a chariot uh, the the train horses uh, are with the connected with the rope some in the hand of the driver driver is the intellect and holding the reins the reins are the mind each mind mind is connected with every of the ten horses my eye horse connected by the mind ear horse that's also is a subtle connection all inhaled in the hand of buddhi unless the mind connects with the senses no information goes to the intellect or our boss higher boss inside we don't feel anything if the mind is disconnected to the hearing i don't hear if the mind is not connected with the eyes we don't see we don't feel the heat and cold if the mind is disconnected the doctors are operating if they dis- disconnect the mind from the body so no sensation goes and we don't feel anything we think we are happy but when you come back from the operation then we feel the suffering no so this question is that that this is the way the mind acts a tremendous role into our whole life so kathopanishad says you know that atman that is the self who is riding in the car and the senses are all that type of horses and they are being connected with the mind and mind is held in the hand of buddhi and but those people who are all bigyanavan who does not know uh, this truth that the atman is the rider and i am the boss the the car drive is driven according to your wish cars cars should not drive you rather you drive the car so similarly this body mind should be for my benefit where i want to put my destination and then this car should help me to move that instead this car this body this mind complex body mind intellect complex has just taken position of it therefore it says that just to be gyanavan bhavati he who upanishad kath upanishad says that those who are become aware where my mind is going and yukti no manasasa he connects that understanding where the my, my understanding is leading to where my mind is driving me and his whose senses are controlled in the hand of the mind they are like in the right hand and saw tatpadamapnoti they attain to that state of liberation the highest state of realization of the truth and they don't come back to the cycle of birth and death so now we under these circumstances what can be done to reach freedom that is the point uh, now we read always now the samadhi we talk about ecstasy we talk about high spiritual 
illumination, transporting from the mundane to the divine. These are very alluring ideas. They are very top uh, inspiration to move into life uh, to, towards this direction. But the question is that what can be done? What can be done for reaching this eternal freedom which is within? That is the not talking about this illumination, but the basic question, where shall we start? Swami Vivekananda said in one place, <clears throat> after describing much in the Raja Yoga, and that book you can, you have all read probably, volume one, or you can have the Raja Yoga book. There you find <coughs> that there are seats where you are going, Empty seats are there. So, uh, Swami Vivekananda said that when you talk about these higher goals of life, freedom or establishing ourselves in the our divine heritage, that Satchidananda aspect, we are divine, I am infinite, I am birthless, deathless. These are very high-sounding words, very good, either in Vedantic topic or in the terminology of your Raja Yoga, these are also beautiful words. Ah, you attain that kevalat, onlyness. Ah, in, in Buddhism we call nirvana, a state of perfect ah, calmness and serenity. We can talk about in yogic term, samadhi, sabhikalpa, nirvikalpa, sabhicharo, nirvicharo. This is a very nice uh, inspirational ideas, but talking so high is a, a difficult, it is easy to listen, easy to talk about, but we must have to have the capacity to reach that flight. So what to do? Swami Vivekananda says that yes, that by the practice of different parts of yoga, in the yoga, he is talking about Raja Yoga, the impurity is being destroyed. Knowledge becomes self-effulgent, which is the culmination of all the discernment. It is, comes, now comes the question of practical knowledge. What we have just been speaking, as Swami Vivekananda continues, about is much higher. It is away above our head, but it is the ideal. It is first necessary to obtain physical and mental control. <coughs> then the realization will become steady in that ideal. The ideal being known, what remains is to practice the method of reaching it. We talk of the ideal too much, but our practice is less. That's why spiritual life is practice more rather than talk less. <laughs> Talking about the goal is good, it is inspirational, and we should have to have talk, but not only end there, rather than come to the basic point, uh, where we start. So Patanjali gave us the direction to start with a very basic point where we are, we are, we stand. You know, we, as we said always, I just mentioned that we talk about Samadhi. Now Ramakrishna's gospel has made it much more e easy language. Samadhi, Samadhi, Samadhi. Well, Ramakrishna's gospel, you read few pages, he is going to ecstasy. And his body is almost like a dead body. It is all, but it's full of bliss. So we think that it is so easy a thing to be achieved. It in one lifetime, if one gets one, then you think that you are uh, one among the thousands and hundreds and millions maybe. Yeah. Gita suggests, no? Manushyanang sahasreshu. Even thousands and thousands of people some, a few, can only struggle to achieve this flight. 
sadyatatamavishiddhanam and those who are sincerely struggling and practicing kashchit rarely if you one or two betti tattata they know in reality who i am that means what is the truth only they know so the the spiritual superstructure if we find a big uh, high rise building high rise building looks very nice no in every downtown we go in any any state of this uh, in this country you see the high rise building and these are nice but how rise building should we have a strong foundation and the foundational thing we have to pay attention rather than looking at the superstructure that may be kept in our view but this emphasis should be given where we stand so i was thinking that may meditation process has been already raju yoga has enough discussion there but the preparation to that we if we can pay attention to that it is called the as much attention is to be given towards the goal more attention is to be given to the path in the journey driving is to be at given full attention rather than not only mentally imagining i am going to reach san luis obispo i am going to reach this beautiful solano beach or this and that you can talk about that think about that that's a good idea but the driving is more important and driving is a hassle <laughs> because driving is a hassle because you may do mistake someone do may miss may do mistake and then collision may come fire may come your cop may come and give a ticket and then you may be pulled down pulled out and this and that so many factors are there so therefore pay attention to the means sami vivekananda's word pay attention to the means the end will take care of itself first you know the goal the goal of life is realization of the truth goal of ideal is to know who we are in whatever language yogic language bhakti language may um, uh, your language of the sunnabado purnabado whatever ajatabado this bado there is no end of philosophies but whatever may be the ultimate truth it is to be first absorbed into our head that I, that's my goal and then sami vivekananda said forget about the goal now start driving be pay attention to the means and means and means so patanjali as we have you have all read is nothing new that i am saying that you may think that why i am taking this time of yours to talk about this very basic things the basic thing is that you know patanjali suggested yama niyama eight four means of realizing the truth yama and niyama are the first two then comes the asana asana now yoga has become so popular everyone does yoga probably you know you can say there are one so many magazines come and you see ocean yoga temple uh, what you call the mountain yoga and the yoga in the woods yoga in the everywhere yoga but that is yoga is good but it is third stage of our journey into the spiritual spirit according to patanjali but before that even even practicing yoga before our great psychologist of the world patanjali he has given that stage of yama niyama this is the first and second and then asana yama niyama asana then comes pranayama then comes pratyahara man we drawing the mind then comes dhyana you see we all sit for dhyana in the sixth level we just jump into the sixth floor <laughs> but we have to start from floor step 1 step 2 3 4 5 so five steps we always miss i don't think that we are really jumping into the dhyana dhyana is a, is a, is dependent on this preliminaries of that's why preliminary attention to this primary focus should be given to this yama niyama and then 
Ashwana, of course, good health. Sami Vivekananda said, uh, we need a, a muscles of iron. And what he says? Nerves of steel. And in that, there will be a mind which will be soft like that of a flower and strong like that of a th thunderbolt. See, what an ideal condition is necessary for God-realization. Strong mind, strong body. Yes, ashana necessary. Control of the mind, control of the body. But behind that, at the very beginning, because we live in the world and we have to have a control start for every breath. We should have to master the mind. We call control the mind. But controlling the mind can be started at the very beginning of our very day-to-day -day living. And Patanjali was so kind that he paid attention to that uh, aspect. That's why he focused on yama and niyama. So, and by this process of yama and niyama, uh, Swamiji said that our character can be built. Here, character building means a perfect controlled personality. A personality who has the perfect control in his own hand, not in the hand of others. So that is the a mind, strong mind, sound body, sound mind, sound intellect, and the inner, inner, uh, the inner urge to move towards the goal. These are the characteristics. So it is this type of Swami Vivekananda's emphasis of man-making character building is my mission. He said that is the mission. Uh, and that without that foundation, without that very strong foundation, the spiritual superstructure crumbles down. Therefore we find that even people have tremendous growth and sudden failure comes because this scientific path of paying attention to the day-to-day -day living is not given enough attention. So mind, how this yama, and you know yama and niyama, you know, yama is ahimsa, very fundamental point, non-injury, ahimsa, satya, truthfulness, asteya, non-stealing, brahmacharya, celibacy or purity of the mind, Aparigraha, not accepting or desiring for receiving gifts all the time. Mind will be expecting. And Niyama, you know, Saucha, the purification of the body and the mind. Santos, containment of the mind. Tapa, austerity or penance in life. Shraddhaya, study of the scriptures and listening to something to explore, who am I? And Ishwara Pranidham, surrender to God. So, ten factors have been given and we like to emphasize each one, how we can benefit out of it. How it can really help us, our mind control, what it has to do with our mind control that we have to link these two uh, sides of it. Suppose, ahimsa. So you need this, this, this two-fold method. What is the two-fold? To master our mind. One is the indirectly watching the activities and the inclinations of our thoughts and mind that we do when you sit for meditation. Mind goes here and there. Observe, where does it go, where, why it is going, what, where is the anchor, why my mind runs towards that. That is, that. that is the process of meditation when you go later on. That, uh, that is the indirect, uh, direct watch. Uh, observe your mind. But another, another process is that, that let mind go there, and focus on God, focus on God, focus on God. So two methods, as I said, one is the indirect method, indirectly watching 
our every day's activities, every day's uh, behavior, and how we are interacting and facing the challenges of life, how we can keep our integrity of character and build up our spiritual muscles from there, a self-control, a mind, mind is being controlled there itself. How we can utilize these 10 steps what given by Patanjali? And we see how, if we take anyone, even, even one, we find that how our mind is being controlled unconsciously. That's why I'm giving the term, it is indirect control. You are not telling my mind, hey, come here. I want to think of God. And then mind runs. Well, you know, come back here. Again. 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 You fight all the time. This is the directly handling the mind and directly trying to master the mind. But this is another way. You don't tell anything to the mind. But only place these values. What is called? That these are the ten values to try to remember that. And when we try to remember them, automatically mind will have to be cartelled in movement. No? It will have to come back to some senses. So, the mind is indirectly controlled to start with by following this very first two steps of the path of Patanjali. And it says, these Patanjali even, after describing these two formulas of five and five, yama and niyama, he said that this, this practice is not restricted to any person, any country, any time, any nation, any uh, whatever class. In, you know, India there was the caste system. So that, it, it does not matter. It's which phase of life you are. Whether you are a noble laureate or uh, a person who is, does not have any opportunity to go to school. Matters little. These are, they said, ete sarvabhumo mahabratam. These are mahabrata, great virtues to be observed by one and all, irrespective of any person, any country, any nation, any uh, any distinction of time, space, even. So, this two process, so we'll pay attention to the indirect process as we are going through these two stages of ten. So here, mind becomes pure when its mind is calm and controlled, not any ripple. Before moving to the direct methodology, that will be the Raja Yuga study, we practice indirect way, and there comes daily way of our living, the life, building a noble character, practicing these virtues of yama and niyama. And what happens, Swami Vivekananda said, you know, if you can practice every day these two, in his complete works he has mentioned, following Patanjali's suggestion, he says, Patanjali says, Asuddhikshaye Gyanodipti, when Asuddhi, imperfection, or the dirt and dust of the, or the clouds of the mind will be clean, shaya, when it is erased, when it is purified, then jnana-dipti, the knowledge, will just spark in its own effulgence. You don't need to think of anything, it will come spontaneous. So, so much is the value of all these, and there, which leads to the final result of samadhi, which is the destruction of the mind even, which the Patanjali said, and that state of my position, the, the witness who is practicing, he is established in his own divine glory. Now, to build this superstructure of the spiritual edifice, this lofty state of Koivala, or this Brahmagyana, we need to start with this fundamental point, as I have talked. So the now, let us point out to one point, yama. Sorry, ahimsa. Yama, yama has the five practices. Yama means control. See, yama word means control. Yama also in 
Sanskrit or Bengali or Hindi, they will say the God of death. What God of death does? He controls everything, no? The whole world is frightened. <laughs> we are all afraid of death. And death controls everything, no? So we don't want to die. So that's why Yama, he had ultimate control. So here, Yama, his first phase is Ahimsa. You know, whole of Buddhism stands on this one word, Ahimsa, is it not? Mahatma Gandhi, his whole life's glory stands on two things, truthfulness and Ahimsa. Ahimsa, non-injury. It is called non-violence. It's a stronger word. Violent is strong. Non-violent is peaceful person. Next little tone down word is non-injury. We don't want to injure. You don't want to injure even an amoebic cell. If it is not necessary. Yeah, two things is there. Ahimsa has been misunderstood many places. Ahimsa does not mean that you will die. Because you, your survival needs to kill somebody. You are breathing in. Are you not killing so many bacteria? So what shall you do? That's why the Ahimsa went to that degree uh, when um, joints, they try. It's a philosophical idea is there and also protection. So that I don't even inadvertently um, kill anybody. That's why they walk this floor, they will, they will clean the floor before they walk, lest they trample over somebody. But the question is that your survival needs certain thing, that is not called hingsha. That is not injury. You eat something, naturally we all eat. You may say, you eat meat, I eat rice. But yes, you kill so many rice also. Every grain of rice <laughs> would have been so many tons of rice would have come out of that. You may be little glorified that I eat rice and I am not eating meat. But it's true. Another, I'm not going to the controversy. Uh, there is much controversy into it. <laughs> but the main thing is that, that uh, killing willingly or willfully for the purpose, no meaning, no need, but just to perform, or for my anger, for my ego, uh, for my one set of belief system, one set of thinking, uh, one, one type of religious um, philosophy behind my very life. If these are the things, that there is called the hingsha. Hingsha means injury comes. Uh, injury comes, there comes the violence comes, injury comes there. But, and this is the philosophy. No, 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 no. Excepting for my survival of life, uh, for my minimum uh, being in the life, this is the mechanism of the body. I will have to live in this body. And that much I will do, but I will not hurt anyone by even thought, word, what the question of deed, three point, thought. Deed is outside, it is too gross. Someone, injuring someone is too brutal, too gross. But people still do that. But what about that? Word, we do much danger to many people by word. Being angry, being in certain mood, here you know, how is mind control? When that mood comes, I say, ah, stop. I, I should not say that. See, you are checking your expression. Expression is guided by mind. Mind gets checked. So every moment, if we only believe in this point of that I will not hurt anyone by word, Deed, of course. Whenever something is coming, there is, we sometimes justify, yes, there is legitimate reason for showing that anger and thrust. Yes, true. But it depends on the what category of person. A person like um, 
Mahatma Gandhi, a person like a yogi, they will not go back to give a blow back. That time, it's a story, a history is there. No, I'm not going to that. That is a, not a good story. <laughs> With Anyhow, suppose that story of the holy man who was beaten by somebody, belonging to some other religious group, they beat him to almost to death. But look at that person's character, practiced in such a way when he, he came back to the consciousness, he was asked, who has created this trouble for you? And he said, he who is feeding me the milk. He has raised in such a question, there is no question of any animosity or any frustration or any anger against it. So it's a question of violence, not even in the thought. So what the question of action? Suppose if I know that someone has given me a push, blow, then immediately what will happen? I'll go back with a blow. That is normal. You did something to me, I will do something to you. But there is no question of control. It's tit for tat. It is Newton's third law of motion. To every action, it is equal and opposite reaction. So that's, that's okay. What is the speciality of that? That life. But this life is there where, yes, but I will not return that. Rather, I will look at it a different way. I am controlling myself. Of course, uh, this, this ahimsa also can uh, make uh, a person noble, but some person can take advantage of that. That is also true. Uh, that's why Swamiji had said that Buddhism has done so much good to India, it has also done bad to India. <laughs> because this ahimsa uh, becomes so rampant, and then they actually lost their own inner strength, the positive ideas of self-protection. That's why uh, again and again invasion and things have happened. They forgot to protect themselves. So that's for the society. But individual, we are talking about individual life. How we can be non-reactive to this condition when there is enough opportunity to react. So, first of all, action, action to be checked, then comes the inner struggle. Action also there is your mind. Mind will be aware that no, even I know this is wrong, but I am not going to react. So it's a mental activity is there, mind control is there. Now you come to the inner realm, that, that when I am thinking that I will not speak out, okay? Uh, I should not react violently, I should not be angered with this. When our heart, with a equally strong word, uh, one has said someone has used some word, I will have to. And Buddha showed, showed all these things, no? That story you remember. One gentleman, one, somebody came and was abusing Buddha right and left. And he listened to that silently for some long time. And when that man got exhausted, talking about all the things, bad things, what you can do, you're, you're like that. And when it is finished, then after a long time, Buddha smiling, he said, Brother, if you give, bring a gift and give it to somebody for whom you have brought, if he does not receive, then what will happen? <laughs> Naturally, the man said, it will go back. So what you have said, I have not taken anything. So let it go back to you. So you see, that is the highest ideal. Buddha is the highest, highest ideal. We may not be able to do that. But the question, you see, is how much control over the mind is there. Someone is passing by. Someone says, say that, you know, John is such a bad guy. And really another John is sitting over there. And he said, instantly, what? What did you say? I'm bad? That reaction will start. But sometimes, no, 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 not you, John, but there is another John. Oh, is it? Okay. So this is the question. How we immediately get connected with this and we get the reaction. So that control of reaction, that is the mental control. See how indirectly it is helping us even following the basic principle of one I am talking today. Then, you know, <clears throat> 
that and now comes the thought inside, much inside. Even the reaction should start first. You know, the painters paint. How they paint? They take a canvas and only draw a few outline like that. There is no, you, as if other person who does not know what the artist is going to paint will have no idea. So this is the first stroke. And then you put a little bit details. And then you put deeper color and things. So action is the deeper color, where concrete manifestation. Go to the next stage when it is coming in the form of reaction, word. And actually we do tremendous damage to each other by word. <laughs> word is really damages the relationship between person to person, between county to county, between <laughs> rivalry comes, uh, there even state to state. But it, 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 it goes to the, in every area. One becomes a friendly person by a very sweet term to another country, and one may be very angry with other country, no? So this is the word, and now come to the deeper level of individual life when it is the thought is coming, a thought of uh, saying something wrong or hurting something or hurting somebody, so that control. So this is the way we can analyze that even holding on to one principle of ahimsa, non-violence, non-injury, not hurting anyone by thought, word or deed, that if one can follow how un unconsciously is controlling, mastering the mind, that taking help of the mind, and mind is not volatile, and mind does not instantly reactionary. So yes, this is the, therefore every day in our life, here comes the scope of controlling the mind. We confront every day various situations. Uh, it sometimes we think that it may be foolishness not to react. It appears to be like that. Maybe it is sometimes foolishness because some self-protection is a question. But here comes the question of higher life, building of the higher life. So that is the self-restraint and self-control of the mind. We can find thousands of opportunities to practice this noble virtue in everyday life as we face these challenges of even survival into day-to-day -day situation of our life. Every day, if really, we need not have to search for it. It comes into our life, no? You need not have to search. This opportunity falls upon you. Every day, someone will come to irritate you. Someone will say something which is unfair. Someone will behave in such a way. Uh, here is the chance. A spiritual aspirant can take advantage of this. That yes, ahimsa can be practiced. It's for my benefit, not for the good of anybody. This is the spiritual life. Spiritual life is for subjective development. It is not for the, yes, good of the world, we say. Our mission says, in our Ramakrishna order, we say, uh, it's for the, what? To an ideal. For the liberation of oneself and for the good of the others. But it is to be understood. Good of the others should not be the primary factor. You cannot do good to any, anybody. You know, even mother tries to do good to the child. And child does not feel that way. Does it? <laughs> Particularly if you have an adult child. And the mom says something, see how, how, how the child will love you and think that you are really doing good. Uh, of course, exceptional are, are there. I'm talking about the normal trend. That's why this is the question that what will be the uh, way to look at the uh, life and we cannot do good to others. We have to remember this. We can only improve ourselves. By improving ourselves, that environment is created in which others may benefit. So it is not our business to go into life for changing the world. Of course, this is a noble idea. Many people think that I have studied this, 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 this. Now I am going to change the world by writing this book or doing this institution, creating this institution. I will change the whole world. 
that's a good good good, good inspiration but unless this side is created this 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 personal life is enriched with this type of noble character it is not so easy rather it creates disturbance and suffering for others so as i am saying spiritual life is for our self purification self development and to find the eternal peace here first but as we move this way naturally it goes to the other side if if really we move towards truth if we move towards peace then my natural tendency will be to create peace in the environment so that may help but first i am to be like that so here the responsibility is upon us so i didn't get any chance i only pointed out one point or hingsha and you can really you can find out more uh, rational uh, argument in favor of it and and to think because whole buddhism if it stands survey shukina bhavantu hinduism is there but only buddha took this idea out of the pocket of hinduism and emphasized and that flooded the whole country and the world and still now is vibrant with this idea that only let everyone be happy let everyone be suffer and uh, noble let no one suffer from any disease and let my contribution will be to add to that peace no so that is the ideal so we'll talk about probably we'll continue it because nine another nine will it can be finished in one day but i unnecessarily took long time <laughs> to just mane uh, beating the bushes again and again but point is that yes really these are to be if we take one point at least as a, a what do you call a, a course for one month just <laughs> think think about that and ahimsa how it can my main point we are not to forget how my it will help me in my illumination my spiritual growth my attaining the nirvana my attaining the freedom which you are talking in all religious texts all the time how i can be benefited by even following this which we are every day confronted with the situations of life uh, it is not that you have to go to a secluded place to find this but in every day with every relationship every interpersonal relationship every word exchange we do and there are opportune moments how we can practice this non yeah injury or ahimsa and that can actually give the power it is a power this is the potential power which is within us if we develop that then that will give the final uh, truth revealed and also in our strength infinity in our strength thank you